Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast, with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week we'll be talking about the usual list of fixes and updates. This week was a Linux kernel uh, release, part of the normal uh, three-weekly uh, SIU cycle for that, so we've got a fair few things to cover there. Uh, we're also going to talk about some fixes for LibreOffice, uh, LibArchive, OpenSSH, and a bunch of others. And we're also going to have a discussion about some of the frequently asked questions around uh, Ubuntu security and things like that. Okay, so let's get into it. So uh, we've had 33 unique CVEs that we've addressed across the supported Ubuntu releases this week. To start with, I'm going to look at uh, some for the Linux kernel. We've got uh, an update for the kernel in Bionic. Uh, I mentioned this in last week's episode, episode 19, where we had sort of pushed out uh, the update quickly because of the uh, pending 1804.2 release uh, that was due last week, but now that's been pushed back another week uh, due to a regression that was found at the last minute. But yeah, so we uh, had the update there to the standard kernel package there uh, in Bionic. Uh, we've now got the same update then pushed for all the other uh, platforms that use the Bionic kernel. So that's things like the cloud-specific kernels like AWS and uh, GCP, that kind of thing, uh, and Azure, and also the Raspberry Pi kernel as well. And so, yeah, if you want to know more about some of those uh, CVE details, listen back to episode 19, last week's uh, episode. Uh, yeah, we've also got uh, an update for the Cosmic kernel as well. Uh, there were four CVEs that were fixed for that. Again, we mentioned these in passing last week because uh, the Cosmic kernel is backported to Bionic as well for the hardware enablement stack. Uh, so the details of those uh, CVEs were mentioned there as well. But this is the uh, the update then actually for anyone who is running Cosmic. Uh, you've now got those fixes as well as everyone that is running Bionic with the Cosmic kernel enabled. We've updated the kernel in Trusty, sorry, in Xenial and in uh, Trusty for the Xenial hardware enablement kernel. So that's where we've backported the Xenial kernel onto Trusty. So uh, five different CVEs here. We've got an out-of-bounds read when reading USB device descriptors. So the case here is that you might have a malicious USB that's lying essentially about the uh, device descriptors and caught the USB stack would then read too much data uh, into a smaller buffer and you'd get your usual uh, buffer, buffer overflow. Uh, this is likely to lead to a crash and denial of service. Uh, not a super high priority one because obviously you need local access to be able to trigger that. Uh, but yeah, that's been fixed. There's also a use after free in the ULSA, the sound subsystem, uh, again via malicious USB uh, sound device that would be able to trigger that. Uh, and so in this case, you would need a device that lies and says uh, that it has zero uh, interfaces and the code didn't handle this well. So you'd get a crash, uh, denial of service likely, uh, or possible code execution being a use after free. Uh, there was also uh, the uninitialized IO Apex, uh, bug that we covered in last week's episode. That's been fixed as well. There was a fix for the clean cache subsystem. Uh, so in this case, it was uh, if you had a file uh, that was truncated and removed, it wouldn't properly clear the inode. Uh, so it would still have references then to uh, leftover pages. And then if you created a new file with the same inode number, you would end up with it uh, pointing to those old pages from the old file and potentially a leak of the data from that. Uh, so that's been fixed. Uh, however, this only affects uh, Ubuntu kernels under Zen with the TMEM driver, so yeah, a bit of a niche use case. Finally, uh, we've had one of the X4 related um, X4 related issues that we talked about in last week's episode fixed as well uh, for Xenial. This is one of the out of bound writes uh, due as a result of a maliciously crafted image that you'd be able to trigger that. Uh, so the usual thing there, out of bound write, likely leading to a crash denial of service, but uh, potentially. Privilege escalation depending on what you can overwrite with your out-of-bounds write. 
We've also got the kernel updated in Trusty and the uh, Trusty Hardware Enablement Kernel for precise extended security maintenance. So four CVEs here. Uh, one, which was a possible memory corruption due to type confusion when cloning a socket. Uh, this could then likely lead to privilege escalation. That's been fixed. Uh, we've also uh, backported the fix for uh, the Embry map issue that I talked about in episode 15. I think I also mentioned that last week as well. Uh, we've also got uh, another backport, which was uh, the ProcFS stack unwinding. So in this case, it's where one uh, kernel thread could potentially uh, read the stack of another kernel thread. Uh, and you may not actually have privileges to do that. Uh, that was covered in episode 12. And finally, there was a null pointer dereference in the, the SIFs, the Common Internet File System uh, client in the kernel, which could be triggered by a malicious server. Again, probably a low pro uh, probability because you'd have to be connecting to some SIF uh, server that you didn't trust. But anyway, uh, crashed an ILA service as a result of that. Uh, that's been fixed too. So that takes it to the uh, end of the kernel updates. We've had an update for the Dovecot package. Uh, one CVE here that we fixed, and this is across all of the precise extended security maintenance, trusty, Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. This one CVE uh, is looking at uh, the interaction between uh, essentially authentication to the server, where uh, you could have an interesting interaction between if you'd configured username and password authentication, which I guess is how most people would use it. But you can also layer on there uh, that the client has to present a trusted uh, SSL cert as well. So uh, yeah, you can have username and password, plus you can have a certificate. And what would happen there is that normally uh, the server would then trust the username that was presented in the certificate to authenticate, because obviously that's signed, that's trusted. The problem would happen if there was no username present in the cert uh, that would then fall back to using the username the user had manually specified. And the problem with there is you could specify whatever username you want. So if you had a valid certificate which had no username specified in it, you could authenticate as anyone on the system and basically get anyone's mail. So yeah, that's been fixed. Uh, we've got an update for curl. Uh, three CVEs here that have been fixed for trusty, Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. Uh, we had the usual sorts of stuff here, an out-of-bounds read uh, when parsing the end response for uh, SMTP. Session, uh, we've got a stack buffer overflow when creating NTLM uh, version two type three headers based on previously received data. So in this case, uh, you know, we would know how much data had been received previously, be filling in that uh, amount in the header. But uh, the size check was done uh, essentially by adding up the previous sent amount of data uh, with existing amount. Uh, you would then be able to potentially overflow that. So you would then compare what was meant to be a big value with a, a not so big value, but you'd get a very small value compared with it. It would pass the size check and would then go and copy in a, a large amount of data into a small buffer, the usual kind of thing there. Uh, so that just gets fixed by essentially changing the way you do that size check. Uh, and also finally, an out-of-bounds read for NTLM uh, type 2 handling, again via integer overflow. So yeah, something I think we're seeing more and more nowadays is uh, the awareness that integer overflow leading to buffer overflows uh, is an interesting kind of code pattern. Anyway, uh, we've got an update for LibreOffice. Uh, five CVEs here that were fixed for trusty and Xenial. Three of these are for kind of mishandling of different document types, that kind of thing. So a uh, use after free or heap-based buffer overflow. Uh, all of these leading to crash and denial of service, but potentially possible code execution. And uh, yeah, they're, they're the kind of normal things with you know, parameters and misinterpreted, that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple more interesting ones though, was there was a, a, a low priority CVE for an information disclosure, in this case where you could have a document that had an internal link to a remote uh, SMB resource. Uh, LibreOffice would automatically call out to that and in the process it would uh, leak NTLM 
NTLM hashes. So that's been fixed. Uh, and finally, there was a directory traversal flaw that could lead to code execution. And this had a, a pretty good write-up in the CVE. Uh, in this case, uh, your document can have links uh, inside it and they're a bit like you know links in HTML documents where you can have attributes on them such as like on mouse over and that kind of thing. So in that case, if the user passes their mouse over it, you, know, you can get some code to execute and that's, that's all well and normal. That's how the document's specified. Uh, in this case, you can refer that then to some script file that's on the local file system. And the problem was that you could refer it to uh, some file on the file system that's outside of the document structure itself. So something that the uh, the, the document didn't ship itself as code. Uh, and uh, LibreOffice actually ships a whole you know Python uh, interpreter with it. So you could refer to sort of any of the Python code that it shipped and get it to execute that. And it had a, a recent feature where you could pass parameters to that as well. And so in this case, uh, the proof of concept basically just looked for various uh, functions that would allow you to do command execution via arbitrary parameters and there was one such one and so in this case you could basically get arbitrary command execution as a result of the user just happening to mouse over a link in a document uh, but that's been fixed so yeah uh, all your documents should be safe now <laughs> okay we've got an update for libarchive uh, the two cves here fixed for trusty xenial bionic and cosmic one of them being an infinite loop uh, when parsing a specially crafted ISO uh, image, you know, like a CD or DVD uh, image. So using leading to the usual denial of service. Plus we've got an out-of-bounds read when decompressing a specially crafted 7-zip file. Again, uh, leading to a crash and denial of service. They've both been fixed. Finally, uh, in the list of updates, we've got an update for OpenSSH. Uh, three CVEs that got fixed for trusty Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic. Uh, all of these were in uh, SCP, the secure copy client, uh, which could be triggered by a malicious server. And so again, with some of these, a bit of a lower priority because you would have to actually connect to some server that you didn't trust for it to be triggered. Uh, and most people aren't usually doing that, but uh, yeah, that's been fixed. So one of them where you fails to validate file names that the server uh, was sending back. So you might request file foo and it might instead send you file bar and the client will happily write out file bar uh, to your local side. Uh, another sort of related thing was that the uh, this client code wouldn't properly uh, set character encoding uh, when displaying progress of what it was downloading. And this then meant, you know, you could send things like backspaces and, and that kind of stuff. And essentially the server could manipulate the output of the client so that you wouldn't even see that it had, say, downloaded file bar, as we said above. And finally, uh, it would fail to check if the target file name was period or dot. Uh, or even empty, and that could then allow uh, the server to essentially, if it's sent an empty file name, to make the client perform uh, permission changes on the local client directory as well. So a bunch of things uh, kind of fixed there would essentially allow a server to overwrite arbitrary files to a client where, uh, so the user that was driving the client wouldn't even be aware of it. But now nah, they've all been fixed. Okay, that takes it to the end of the list of usual updates. Something I wanted to talk about were kind of frequently asked questions that we get about Ubuntu security. And so uh, I guess the first thing here is what packages do we support? As with all of Ubuntu, uh, Canonical supports what's uh, deemed main, so the main part of the repository. Uh, the, the Ubuntu package repository is divided into four sections, uh, main, universe, restricted, and multiverse. And main and uh, restricted are the only parts that are officially supported by Canonical and main is free software that uh, we officially support and provide uh, security updates for and you know high priority bug fixes that kind of thing restricted is things that have uh, not a free software license but that are officially supported 
then multiverse and universe are kind of the community supported versions of both of those so universe is community supported free software packages and multiverse is community supported uh, non-free software packages but the idea being community supported is that uh, it's uh, up to the community essentially to provide uh, security updates for those which they do by say providing dev diffs and that kind of thing on bugs and then our security team will sponsor those and actually do the package uploads uh, but yeah so what we officially support is only main and that actually makes up about two and a half a thousand source packages say in bionic compared to universe which is about 10 times that amount but 26,000 source packages so only about 10 percent of the archive is officially supported uh, but it is the you know the, the mainly the you know the primarily used software within the archive is supported uh, another thing that's commonly asked is what time frame so that's the lifetime of the release so for our long-term support releases that's five years uh, but for the non-lts releases that's only nine months LTS releases are done every two years. Uh, the next one will be 2004 uh, to be released in April 2020. However, we also uh, provide extended security maintenance, as you probably hear me mention during these podcasts. So for customers that uh, want to still use uh, a long-term support release beyond its end of life, so at the moment that is uh, Precise, which was the 2012 uh, long-term support release, we offer long uh, extended security maintenance, which is uh, maintenance uh, of security fixes for a subset of the packages in main uh, beyond the end of life. And so if you are someone that is, say, still using Precise and needs to use that in a production environment, you can pay for that extended security maintenance. Finally, uh, something we often get asked is, why do we only backport patches instead of updating the latest versions? Say in the case, you have probably heard me mention uh, a heap of times in these episodes, say for an example, GhostScript. And so GhostScript will release a brand new version and people say, why don't you just update to that latest version? You'll get all the fixes. Why do you have to do the manual process of backporting? And this comes about because I guess we have a number of different classes of users of Ubuntu. We have those who uh, like to tinker with their machines and who like to live on the bleeding edge. And they're the ones who usually want the latest and greatest packages. And if something breaks, they're usually able to go and manually fix that themselves. However, we have many uh, more other customers who uh, just want Ubuntu to work. They want to deploy it in production environments and any kind of downtime or any breakage is a serious uh, impact to them. And so uh, in general, people expect a high degree of stability. So that means that each change that goes into Ubuntu uh, needs caution and we need good rationale for why it should be made. Uh, and we've actually in the past experienced lots of um, regressions, unfortunately, but due to just innocent looking changes that uh, were believed to have no impact, but they end up having some some unthought of impact and so basically that no change is completely risk-free and so that then means that as a security team you know we're aware that uh to most users in general even though obviously everyone wants to have a secure system having a system that uh, doesn't work essentially if we introduce a security update that causes a regression in some piece of functionality that a user's been using that's going to be more important to them than the fact that you know we fixed some security bug because they probably weren't being exposed to that or you know directly being attacked with that or something so it's very important for us as well that uh, we main remain regression free and uh, basically only do the minimal changes that are required to uh, fix security vulnerabilities and that basically means just backporting patches as we can yeah so if you want more details i've got a link in the show notes to the stable uh, release update page on the Ubuntu wiki or the SIU page which describes that kind of process in a lot more detail yeah but that kind of gives you an idea of essentially the rationale that we take and the approach that we take to doing our security updates okay that takes us to the end of this week's episode if you want to get in contact as usual you can email us at security at ubuntu.com 
You can also find the team hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network if you want to have a chat about anything security related, particularly Ubuntu security related. Uh, finally, you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks for listening. Uh, next week, the whole team are going to be getting together for an engineering sprint. So I hope to uh, hopefully make a bit more of an interesting episode, get a few other people on board, talk about some other different things. Uh, yeah. But as usual, uh, remember, keep calm, enable automated upgrades, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.